So the apple does not fall from the tree. We fall into habits that we are exposed to from around us, most importantly, from the people closest to us. And as women and women with disabilities, it's really the influence of our mothers. Fashion is important. Looking good is important. Let's talk about fashion and living with a disability. Welcome to the pity party. We are three Muslim women born in different parts of the world calling the greater Toronto area of Ontario, Canada home for several decades now. And we have something to say given our lived experience of disability. This episode of the pity party once again is brought to you by Dean Support Services. I'm Rabia and I'm blind. I'm Rafia and I am in a wheelchair. I'm Omaya and I am in a wheelchair too. So today we want you to again like, share, spread the word because we have something to say about fashion. Fashion, for me as a blind woman, means nothing. I go by what I feel, what I touch, what I smell. What feels good to me, I often assume looks good and yet other people will tell me that it can be absolutely hideous it's an ugly color an ugly pattern to me texture um the material uh whether it's you know uh textured or or embroidered or woven uh it feels soft or or rigid or or rough all of that is what determines what beauty is to me, what what it would be, you know, what I would pick to wear. And yet I end up seeing through other people's eyes, through my children, through my husband, through my parents, my mother uh, and, and friends to figure out, you know, whether something looks good on me or not, whether something matches or not. And boy, if I don't have somebody around to match my colors, you can find me in colors that you might see as eyesores but to me the fabric the fabric felt really good so i went with it sounds good no as for the fashion like i i learned dressmaking when i was younger like i'm a professional dressmaker if you will i spent like maybe wow seven eight years of my life from dressmaker because because you know as a woman with disability or a girl with disability dressmaking is your future you're either like, that's what you do. They teach you. And then eventually you become a dressmaker, like in a town. And that's how you make money. Right. So, uh, but I did not want, because of that stigma, like, you know, like if you have a disability, you're a dressmaker. I, I really fought it from within, even though I love, like, I love fashion. I love color. I love fabric. I love all that. But I did not want to like do practice it. So I Why? learned it. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, oh, just say, oh, you have a disability, then you're a dressmaker. I, I, that, I had a problem with that, right? I wanted, like, I saw myself something else, something different. Like, I don't want to just be that, right? So, yeah, so I learned a lot about it, but, uh, and I could, like, I, ha I still have, like, that, um, you know, feel for fabric, and I can tell which fabric go better with which design and which colors go together and all that. But 
uh, and I use it for me, but I'm not like the rainbow kind of person. I'm more like in colors, right? I'm, I'm not like, no, I just, I have my limited, you know, colors that I like and mix and match and, and that's it. So I'm not, yeah. I always go into arguments with my girls because they want me to, you know, like be more flowery and like introduce colors, hijabs. Uh, I'm just, I can't bring myself to do it, so. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I love my colors. I love my colors. I love to experience different colors and different patterns. Um, I like, I, I just, it's a way of expressing yourself, you know? And it's a way, I, I love, I love to look good. Like, and for people with disabilities, for us, I think it's so, so important that we dress in a way that uh, enhances whatever we have, right? And I'll never forget this. I'll never, never forget this. It, it was at, at an awards ceremony. And one of the attendants, she's in a wheelchair. And her shirt, her skirt was so short, the guys did not know where to put their eyes. And that is the kind of fashion we should avoid because we want to wear things that would make us look better not not you know where you know sometimes we have people with disabilities whose feet are swollen and then they're wearing heels like you know those kinds of things i mean yes i see i've seen people uh, in wheelchairs with heels and all of that but when your feet are swollen and try to put yourself in in a shoes like that you know come on you know we have to dress with what is appropriate especially when it comes to our disability I was just going to say, you know, color also impacts how people feel. So the color around you can, uh, you know, invoke uh, emotion and can provoke behaviors depending on the type of disability. For, for autistic people, for example, certain colors stimulate them positively and other colors stimulate them uh, negatively. And the same thing goes for people experiencing uh, any kind of mental health issues. Some colors can be very um, empowering and other colors can make you feel really blue, no pun intended. Um, and, and the same thing goes with uh, patterns, right? For people who have uh, maybe some um, ADHD issues and stuff like that, uh, certain pa patterns can really um, cause chaos for them and um, you know certain certain uh, people who are really you know compulsive about being organized and things like that certain patterns can again make them feel lost and, and chaotic yeah let's talk a little bit about hijab I see all three of us are wearing three different styles of hijab <laughs> oh Maya what inspired you to wear your hijab like that well, I used to wear like uh, almost wrap around for a long time, like, and I have to pin it because I used to use crutches, like, you know, so my hands are stuck to the crutches. So let's say if changes or a fall or the air blow, I can't fix it. So I had to pin it so many places, right? Just to keep it still because I can't fix it until I find a place to sit down, then I fix it, right? So, uh, and I wear that for the longest time, right? But I was never big on colors. It was like I would go a little bit far from like white or, you know, off white or like light blue or all these like light colors. But then um, as I got older and I got busier, 
I like this style because it's like cotton, like it's really comfortable, very comfortable. I don't need a pin and it sits very tight, like doesn't have to, it doesn't move hardly, right? I can go anywhere and I come. So it's practical, right? And it's comfortable. And I'm looking for my comfort right now. I'm not really like, yeah, I'm interested, like, like Rafia, when you mentioned about um, the people who wear high heels or their swollen feet and Honestly, it's whatever, in my view, I wouldn't go that far, of course. I, I learned better, right? As you get older, you, you look for things that's more, more working for you, like cause you less pain, because to me, it's not worth it, right? But some people, honestly, it's whatever make them feel good and whatever make them feel like presentable. Again, it goes back like Rabia said, the, the apple does not fall far from the tree because it's how you grow. Like if you grow in an environment where dressing up and wearing high heels and uh, colorful and looking good is it, then you're going to be that. And me, I wasn't like that. I, I grew up with boys. I grew up with boys. And to me, it's like, you know, it's like we used to wear the same shirt, just different color, like slightly different color, right? Like me and my brother, we grew up together. We wear almost everything the same. I saw dresses was not in my forecast because my mom is not going to go do like specific shopping just for me, right? Because she has, uh, uh, so she, she, she tried to accommodate me with colors, maybe a little bit with design, but that's it. So I, I, I learned to be practical, like, you know, uh, just like as long as it's clean and, and nice and fit me and looks good on me, I'm good. I want to add one more thing related to the disability, which in my case, I, I don't know about others. I did not want to be visible growing up because of the rejection. I did not want to wear flashy colors so they see me. No. Ah, I wanted to buy fade, I want to wear fade colors, norm color that whether you see me, you don't recognize me. You don't I don't want to be recognized. So and I still carry it till now. Even though it's not my intention right now. It's not what I'm going after. But that's because if you see me, you're going to send me some remark or say something that I don't like. So I didn't want to be seen. Right. I just and want see, to for me, that. Mm-hmm. For me, Rafia, it was complete opposite, Omaya. I, I chose to wear hijab at a certain age. I got to a point where I was graduating university. I was spiritually in a place where I felt that I needed to wear hijab to express my faith. I felt very um, politically motivated to express my faith as well because I felt like hijab is under siege. And that's a whole other conversation. So we'll create a second conversation around this. But I actually chose to wear hijab as soon as I walked off the stage at Convocation Hall at the University of Toronto getting my Bachelor of Arts degree. I went home that night and I said, Tomorrow is a new day and I am going to start transitioning to wearing hijab. And on June 19, 1993, I was involved in organizing a fundraising effort for refugees coming in from Bosnia. And I wore my hijab to that event and never took it off after that. Wow, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Wow. So on that note, on that note, we are going to call it a wrap. And stay tuned for further hijab conversation because this is a whole podcast. But share with us mm-hmm. your story of fashion. What do you like to wear? What do you not like to wear and why? What does color mean to you? Share your story, like and share this podcast. And let's continue the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.